Welcome to The Clinical Entrepreneur, a business podcast that's dedicated to healthcare practitioners just like you who are hustling every day to build a business and a life you're proud of. Join me, Rhonda Nelson, as I share my own experiences and extract actionable advice from industry experts about what it takes to build and scale a profitable wellness practice. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome back. This is another episode of the Clinical Entrepreneur Podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Rhonda Nelson. Today, we are going to talk about vulnerability. We're going to talk about vulnerability in your practice. Now, your level of vulnerability in your marriage with your kids, that is not what we're talking about today. Although I do believe that it all kind of crosses over and blends in together. But vulnerability is one of those things I think that I struggle with. I'm much better at it now than I used to be, but we all, I think, do. And especially in business, like how much do we make it about us and how much do we make it about the patient? How much do we let out about our own personal life versus how much do we just like keep that quiet and just pour into the patient, listen to them, you know, serve, 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 which is what we do, what we love to do. But in business, being vulnerable will, if you're not vulnerable, it sometimes can really isolate you from the people that you're trying to serve. And let me give you a good example. When you have something that's challenging that's happening in your life, maybe you're in the middle of a a really, maybe a divorce, or maybe you have a child that just left for college and you are feeling, you know, that empty nest thing's kind of kicking in. You're feeling a little bit out of sorts and it's affecting you. Like you're just, you're emotional or, or maybe you just, you know, had a new grandchild or I don't know, you know, something's happening that's affecting you. We sometimes want to just stuff that and keep it quiet, right? We want to keep it quiet. We're going to show up. We're going to be professional, do the job, take care of the patients and go home. But you know what? People want to be connected with. They want to be seen, heard, and valued. That is very true. But they also want to know you, know you as their healthcare provider. They want to feel like they get you, that you're allowing them to have a little bit of a peek inside what's going on in your world. And that level of vulnerability is completely okay to have happen. In fact, I really recommend it because it's and vulnerability is an essential part of who we are as humans who we are as we connect with one another. And without some level of vulnerability, patients are going to feel like you don't care. It's true. They don't need to know about your sex life. We're not, I'm not talking about that level of vulnerability here. I'm just talking about how you can be a little bit more open and transparent about the things that you're going through in an appropriate way. So there are different contexts around being vulnerable. So you can be more vulnerable in personal relationships and social situations have a different level of vulnerability. And in business, it has a different kind of vulnerability. So let's talk about how this vulnerability can impact business success or business failure. And I truly believe that not being vulnerable can absolutely have an impact on your business success or failure. One hand, vulnerability can be a strength. Some people are really good at it. Some people are not as good at it, but it allows you, the practitioner, to connect with your patients on a deeper level. And whether you realize it or not, being open and authentically vulnerable about your own weaknesses and your own limitations actually allows you to build greater trust with them. And we kind of think about it as being the opposite, right? Well, if I let them know that I don't know everything about how to treat XYZ condition, they won't think well of me. 
No, actually the opposite is true. The opposite is true. When you honestly and authentically can say, listen, I don't know that I am the right person to help you. What a gift you have just given to that person. It doesn't mean that you are dumb or you're unskilled and you should, you're just a big fat failure. It doesn't mean that at all. It means that you care enough to say, hey, listen, this is not in my lane, but I'm going to help you find someone that can help you. That's what I'm going to do because I don't think I'm the best one to help you. Or there might be a situation where this is what you might say, you know, I know how to get you from point A to point B, but I may need to reach out and get a little bit more help from a colleague or two. Would you mind if I just reach out and ask for a little bit of input because I want to make sure I get this right for you? Because I've not done this before, but I'm sure that I can reach out and get some good advice and input. And in fact, on a side note, that's where the Clinical Mastery Facebook group can come in handy. So if you're not in there, go to Clinical Mastery with Rhonda Nelson on Facebook, side note. Uh, but that's where you can ask these kinds of clinical questions to get that type of help. The patients appreciate your transparency. It feels safer when I know, as a patient now, I've got my patient hat on, when I know that I'm working with you and you're being honest with me, that makes me want to play in your sandbox longer. Because you're not trying to pull the wool over my eyes, I can trust that you're going to tell me the truth. And so if something else comes up, I know I can count on you to tell the truth as well. So it builds trust. It fosters loyalty. It deepens the quality of the relationship. So it's okay to say you don't know everything. But when you have, you have to also sometimes manage vulnerability in the context of your business, meaning that if an email didn't go out correctly or you sent out too many emails or someone asked to unsubscribe from your list and you forgot to do it, or these are all things that have happened to me, or maybe someone called and they just got offended because there was something else going on in their life that day. And the interaction that my staff had with them just made them mad. Well, listen, the thing is never the thing, right? Whenever we are angry or someone else gets angry, we're always angry about something else. We're never angry about the thing. There's always something fueling it, right? But regardless, being vulnerable means picking up the phone and calling and saying, listen, I am so sorry. I just really want to make sure that this is right. And I know that we sometimes drop the ball and, and we're trying over here. And, and I want to apologize for that, but how can I help make the situation better for you? Maybe issuing a refund. It may be, you know, letting them come in a little bit earlier, adjusting your schedule or whatever it might be. Those are just points or opportunities that you can be vulnerable about just being a human, being a human in business, being a human being, just having a, trying to have a, a normal, healthy, workable relationship with someone. So I'm going to give you a few ideas, a little bit more practical things about how vulnerability can show up for you in your business. So one of the things that I have found is that when a patient especially is struggling with something, so they have a health concern and maybe it's a digestive issue. Um, for me, I've had di my, in my family, like digestive issues just run in the family. We've all got them. And over time, mine have gotten better, 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 better. But I remember being, when I was younger, oh my gosh, being so, so constipated. Um, this is not TMI, but this is the truth. When I was young, I was in third grade before I realized that people went poop in the toilet. And let me, this is true, true. You know, I don't think I've ever told this story. And here I am telling it on a podcast for Pete's sakes. Well, so much for vulnerability. I guess I'm just living proof, right? 
So when I was young, my siblings and I, we were always just chronically constipated. And so my dad would, or my mom, but they would give us enemas because we would be so many days without pooping. And this is way back. I mean, I'm 60. So this is like in the sixties and early seventies. And, oh, I remember just having a stomach ache and, you know, you don't know what's wrong. And my dad would be like, oh, I know because he was constipated all the time. My mom was constipated all the time. And they didn't want that for us. There were three of us at that time, myself and my sister and brother. And so I, I will never forget being in the bathroom, all three of us, all lined up and we all had enemas. And then when the urge to poop happened, then we were all fighting over who got the toilet first because everybody was like, oh. but I, I remember being in third grade in school because I was constipated all the time. So I never had to go in the bathroom. You just go into pee, but you never had to go into poop. And I remember the day I was in third grade and I was in the bathroom and one of the girls was like pooping in the bathroom. And I remember thinking, what? She, what? She, no what? I thought you just did that at home. I just thought that's how you do it at home. I literally did not know. That's how constipated we were. And I was like eight years old. And at that point, I remember going home and saying to my parents, there was a girl that went poop at school. And my parents looked at me like, uh, yeah, like that's not a problem. It never occurred to me because the only way I knew to go was with an enema. We just never went any other way. And I remember at that point having that aha moment. So see now this makes me, I get what it's like to be constipated. I get it. So I can very easily tell a patient, you know, I was constipated so bad as a child. I remember having stomach aches. I remember how bad that felt. I remember my dad and mom using enemas to help us go because we were just so backed up. We would go a week and not poop. We were so messed up. We just, we didn't know. I was too young to know. So that point of my vulnerability, my kind of being open about my own self with a patient helps them go, oh, you get it. Okay. And then I can say to them, listen, I can help you. Like, let's get this done. Now I've built that deepened relationship. Now I've got some connection with them and they know a little something about me and I know a little bit about them. And now I know we can work together. So sharing personal experiences is really important. Just make sure that you don't overshare. In other words, there is a line, my friend. You don't want to say, well, when I was two, I this. And then when I was five, I this. And 20 minutes later, you're still talking about yourself. Please don't do that because that patient will never come back. So this is not the you show. This is the them show, but you're just going to share that little tidbit of information that helps them know that you get them. You get them. The second thing that I would say is, as and I mentioned this earlier, but just admit when you don't have the answers, it's okay to not know everything. It really is honest. Nobody's thinking less of you because you don't know everything. It's okay. Just acknowledge that you need to go get some outside advice or, you know, I don't really know the answer to that question, but I, I'm going to find out. I'm going to get back to you. Don't buffalo your way through it and act like, well, you know, it's the blah, 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 and then make some crazy crap up just because you don't know. We've all done it. Just be vulnerable and say, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Another thing, vulnerability, another way that vulnerability looks in practice is to really set reasonable outcomes and set realistic expectations for what the patient can expect. It's okay to say, I don't know how your body's going to respond to this. And I may not get this protocol exactly right the first time, but I'm going to try. And then we're going to just tweak it as we go. 
And it's okay to have that conversation up front. I can't tell you how many practitioners have reached out to me over the years and said, well, you know, what if I, I don't, I don't want to make the recommendation because what if I don't get it right the first time? I'm nervous that what if it's not going to work? And I say, it's okay. Just tell them. If you just be honest right in the beginning, hey, listen, I'm not sure this is the 100% spot on. I don't, I may not get the center of the bullseye on this, but I know that these three or four things I'm going to give you are going to get us really close. And then we can just tweak it as we go. But your feedback is so important to me. And that's how I'm going to know how to adjust it. So it's a you and me together. You got that? Patient feels very safe in that environment because all the cards are on the table. You're not trying to hide anything. You're not trying to be the big man on campus. You're just being honest. Like, hey, we're going to try our best to get this right the first time. And if we don't, eh, it's okay. We're going to, it'll be fine. Another thing is just acknowledge when you've made a mistake. You know, if you order the wrong product or you put the dose too high on accident because you weren't paying attention or your front desk person was snappy or rude. I've had that happen before. You know, patient calls and say, well, I called the other day and they were rude to me. Well, you know, hear their side of the story. And then secondly, go to the employee and say, hey, listen, can you tell me a little bit about what happened in that conversation? I want to understand it better. But admit when you make mistake, it's okay. You don't have to be perfect. This is how we we express our own human condition and we connect with them in their human condition because we're all just journeying on the human journey together. So admit when you make a mistake, it's okay. Take responsibility for it, move on. If it's clinically, great. Professionally, office, whatever it is, just be vulnerable. Be vulnerable, be honest, say you're sorry. It's okay. Some people don't have have a hard time saying sorry. I was married to someone who really had a challenging time saying I'm sorry because it all had to look good. There could be no mistakes. Everything had to be perfect. And that's no way to live. And you don't want to foster that with your patients either. And then another way that you can be vulnerable, this isn't a little bit of, um, I don't know, I would say a kind of a secondary way, but it's just really being empathetic. You know, you're showing that you have compassion. You're showing that you, you, you really do want to help and you feel bad. You, you really want to help. I have empathy. I know this must really feel awful for you. So let's say I had never been constipated, but somebody comes in with constipation. I can understand how bad that feels. So I can just have empathy. That's a way that we can be vulnerable. And then show your emotions. You know, if you need to cry, like this particular week, this week is the first anniversary of losing my sister. And I've been a bit more emotional in this last week because I know this is coming up and I can feel it. And it just, it stirs me. And so I was chatting with someone just the other day and the tears just started to well up in my eyes. And she said, what's wrong? And I said, oh, I just had this fleeting thought about my sister. And it's okay to be that kind of vulnerable. You don't have to keep it all like trapped up inside. It's okay. We can, we can let those emotions out. And then another way, and this was the last one I want to give you is to allow the patients to have input into your protocol. We sometimes think that we need to like rebuild Rome in a day and we give them, you know, 27 supplements. You're going to take 93 pills three times a day, blah, blah, blah. But maybe start by asking the patient, like, what, what will feel like a success for you here? What, what would feel like a win for you? Because I know what I want to do, but I also want your feedback because I know I don't know everything and you know your body better than I do. So I want to hear, this is what I'm thinking, but what do you think about that? What feels right to you? Now, you didn't come out and say, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And well, maybe you could help me. You didn't do that. You just said, hey, I got a plan. But I'd really like to know what you think. 
because you've invited them in to be an active part of the conversation. And that's really being vulnerable. And it just expresses vulnerability in a little different way. So these are just a few examples of how you can be vulnerable, not only just with your patients, but in real life, the real world with people around you, your relationships, you know, your community, even on social media. You know, if you're recording videos, you're going live, you're doing things, it's okay. It's okay. I mean, for Pete's sakes, listen, friend, I just told you about my poop. If I can tell you that on a podcast that gets hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of downloads, you're all going to hear about this. I'm probably going to get all kinds of like Instagram messages of you all giving me poop emojis or something. I don't know. And just for the record, I poop just fine now. Thank you very much. I have fixed my digestion. Nonetheless, you know, vulnerability, you can put a little humor in it. You can make it fun. You can make it funny, but it just makes you more relatable. And that's really what we want. We want patients that come back because they know you see them, you hear them, you feel them, you get them. And on the flip side of that coin, they get to see, feel, hear, and get you as well. And that's the role that vulnerability plays in your clinical practice. So I hope this was super helpful. I want you to go out and build those really deep, wonderful relationships with the people that you serve. So that's it. That's all I really had to share with you this week on the podcast. If you'd like more clinical tips, more business tips, more of all the things, and my mouth running off about whatever it is that I feel like I want to talk about, I'd love to have you join me. Go to rondanelson.com forward slash join. Get on my email list and I will be more than happy to share some of the insights and tips and things that I find useful and helpful as I'm working to grow a very successful business. And I want to help you do the same. All right, my friend, take care, have an amazing week. And as usual, if you love the podcast, please, would you just take a minute and leave a review? They mean so much to us. And what really does help me show up, be the best that I can be for you because I really do love connecting with you this way. So take care, my friend. I'll be back next week on another episode of the Clinical Entrepreneur Podcast. 